Hey, welcome along everybody. Today my podcast is sponsored by PDX Sports Limited. PDX Sports are a business based in Derby who specialise in the manufacture of boxing and MMA equipment. Everything you need from punch bags to kick bags, headgear, wraps, gloves, gum shields, you name it, PDX Sports have it. Go check them out at pdxsports.co.uk. Um, it is real quality gear and it's at such affordable prices better than everything that you can see out there on the internet honestly I've got some gloves myself and I've had a bag from them it is real good stuff the podcast is also sponsored by Beast and Bulk Nutrition Beast and Bulk produce high quality supplements to enhance your health and fitness regime you can find them on beastandbulk.com or you can go to Amazon where you can also use our discount code which is POD10 so use that at a checkout Pod 10 for a 10% discount on their products. Beast and Bulk, don't compete, dominate. The men behind Beast and Bulk are also my guests today, so please give it up for Lee Vallely and Leighton Anderson. Boys, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have you on, man. So we've got Lee and Leighton, the men behind Beast and Bulk Nutrition. Um, you, you know the format, so I'm going to get straight into it. We're going to get acquainted with you guys in 60 seconds, maybe a little bit longer. But what we'll do it, because there's two of you, this is the first time I've had two people on. Lee, you answer yours first. Oh, okay, that's it. Yeah, and Leighton, you answer second. Okay, that's cool. So, so each question, instead of, I'm not going to do 10 questions each, I'm going yeah. to go full name. Yeah. And you're going to say? Me, James Valerie. And then Leighton. Leighton Samuel Anderson. Right, okay. Let's drop into the second one. We know what we're doing. Age? Uh, 31. <laughs> 31. <laughs> Occupation? Uh, commercial manager. Head of department for the University of Darwin. What one thing... Do you wish you owned? More money. Charity. <laughs> Did you say charity? Yeah. Go on then, expand. Uh, I think it's a big thing to uh, give back, especially to your local area. And also for um, people of different races, colours and ethnicities, it's always good to be part of your culture and your history. So I'd like to do charity That's around a- those things. I like that, but do you know what I like even more? It's just the chalk and cheese. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm like, my dad's making a banner. I come out with money. You know what I was going to do? You know what? Fixed. That's you what, what I was going to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to buy it. I like it. No, I love that. It's like yin and yang, but that's what makes a team. Yeah, so man. let's okay. move on. What's your best feature? Uh, I can't answer that. <laughs> uh, my arms. Uh, finish this sentence. I know a guy that can... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you put me on the spot here. It's like nothing that comes to mind. <laughs> that can program Kramer equipment. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy that can get you a cheap insurance. (laughs) Okay. Sonic or Mario? Sonic. Sonic. 
Oh, you agreed on something. If you were running for PM, what would your campaign slogan be? I'm better than the other person. <laughs> best of, best of, I like, best what did of you two say? bad options. Pick, pick the yeah. other guy. Yeah. <laughs> I never wanted this job in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> and Leighton? Uh, don't compete, dominate. Yeah. That's our slogan. <laughs> You're winning at the minute, I think. I was expecting Lee to come with all the, the knowledge and all the funny answers, but you, you're winning. Thank you. Worst job you've had? Uh, I used to do uh, events management stuff, and we used to have to like work uh, like car parking and stuff. It was always the outside summer events that were worst because you'd be outside in the sun for like 16 hours, and then you'd go back to uh, a campsite. You had to bring your own tent and shit. And like you, you, you didn't know how to camp. Like you weren't campers. You got fucked. You got fucked in the night. You drank. You were freezing cold. Had to be up at like three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. But forget about getting a shower. Forget about that. That ain't happening. And then go out with your sunburnt face and like sunburnt body to go and like fucking dusty car parks. That's how do you get the staff for like car parking in Silverstone and shit like that? But yeah, from like seventeen to nineteen, that's or probably until about twenty-one and on off. I used to do that to get money. It was. Uh, Long and, and minimum wage wasn't fun. I, I remember when you used to do that. Kima did it as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. She did. Uh, nah, mate. That's you see. That's called that's called life choices. That <laughs> character building. Do you know what I mean? It taught, taught me something. It taught me, it taught me that, that what I want to do with the rest of my life. When I see like forty-year-old, fifty-year-old men like fucking there doing that job, I'm like, oh, yo, damn. I don't want to be yeah. making the choices that you made to be doing that. And disrespect to anybody who does that because like they're still putting food on the table, feeding the family and stuff. But for real, yeah, for me, like, that ain't that ain't the life that I want to have. Grafting for minimum wage, nah, sixteen hours a day. <laughs> fuck that. Hey, worst job I've had, mate. Sunday paper. Yeah. Yo, I love my I paper round. I love Sunday. my paper round. Mate, doing that and then walking to football and playing ninety minutes and walking home for four pounds. You mad? Wow. You know what was you know what I used to what you used to get four pounds for yeah. a Sunday? Yeah, four fifty. I used to get six pounds what? Monday to that Friday. Is... Monday what, to Friday. Week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah, yeah. Well, that used to be Got a couple of See, years that's why I like the Sunday round. Yeah, it was heavier bags and stuff, and you've got them massive papers you can't put through the fucking letterbox. But you've got four, uh, pounds, one, four one papers one mate. day. That page of subs instead of having not even one day. It's like literally, if you think about it, yeah, it's about four pound an hour, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. Because it took you about an hour, so it's not that bad. Really. At forty, at fourteen year old, like like you can't get better than that. Come on. Nah, and we used to walk Listen. in, to walk to football, suffer as to something yeah. on the way back. Get a bacon butty, yeah. That's a four pound. Bacon butty, you were spoiled, no. man. Listen, can I ask you both a question then? Seeing we all had paper rounds, yeah. Yeah. I'm totally honest about this. Did you used to nick milk? Uh, sometimes, yes. And orange juice. Yeah. yeah. On the orange juice. <laughs> Some people used to get potatoes, man, what? but I weren't bothered about them. Nah, no, too no, heavy. No. Just carry papers. Had to carry a bag of papers. <laughs> Eggs and stuff, but yeah, no, the orange juice. The yeah, milk orange, the orange juice was nice, yeah. you know. So bad. Well, give out the orange juice. <laughs> yeah, right. That. Oh. All right, I'm going to move on to the last one, and I usually make this one a little bit, a little bit harder. But to be fair, I took some, I took some tough ones in there for you guys anyway already. But what's your most memorable moment? I don't know actually. I, I ask me in like two weeks' time, and I'll be able to add to that. Real. Yeah, yours is yours is yeah, still to come. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mine, mine will be probably what his will be. He's having my little girl. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. 100%. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, man. There's no, there's no kind of feeling no. or memory like you can, you can go back to. It's the same as when you had your kids. So I've got two. So Lee, yeah, you've got that to call me. Yeah, yeah trust me. Trust me. Definitely. Right, that's your that's your questions done. It was a bit more than a minute, but it's all good. I like the stories. Trust yeah, nothing short sure because man, like, this, this is going to be a long. Podcast. Yeah, trust me. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to control. It's it good. Like, <laughs> with the wrong. Yeah, we'll just keep. Yeah, with the wrong to have on if you if you want like to, to, to keep to some time scale. All right, probably. you'll get. Let's put it that way. You'll get. It's. It's what it's all about, man. That's it. I like people who can flow. I like it when, you know, we can just have conversation. It doesn't have to be structured. So, uh, yeah, sort of moving on. So I like that when you picked up about having that bad job um, and it kind of built character, uh, the fact that it let you know, knew that it's not something that you don't want to do going forward. So obviously now you guys are, are pretty successful with this brand, Beast and Book Nutrition. Um, I want to know what led you to get into that field? Where, where did that begin? Um, I suppose, um, firstly, obviously, uh, Lee came in later on, probably after about, um, probably say about nine months or so, but prior to all this starting Beast and Bulk, um, obviously me and Lee, you know, have been talking about this since we were probably 10 years old, you know, having a mm. business. When we're older, we should have, we should, have, we want, you know, we should start a business. We should start a business. We always, we and, always uh, had these plans. Can... We always had these plans, like even as kids, mm. like we spoke about, like washing windows and like, I'm scared of ladders, like washing cars, all that kind of yeah, stuff. What, what can we do? To scared of dogs. Yeah, yeah, scared of dogs and shit. So, yeah. Like, no, don't do like, that. So just... But yeah, so. Uh, Entre- entrepreneurial, like, yeah. mindset. I was talking about that from a 10 year old. We come from this, you know, we have the same situation. We both, come from single parent families they've got two sisters you know like it's always very much you have to grow up quick um mm. so we always men of the house yeah we always want to be like successful and there's that sense of pride when you're a man as well um and then we kind of you know always been close always i mean spent time together and spoke about these things and then you know we drifted off people go on your own little journeys don't you you know i moved to london i lived in london for seven years uh mm. and built a career there in the education sector, um, met some amazing people along the way. Like, you know, I met the vice president's son, um, been on holidays with him. Lee's been on holiday with him. Um, and then my other friend, you know, he owns a billion dollar company. So these people all played a, a role in kind of how things move forward. Um, so when I came back to, to the Midlands, when I had my daughter, um, things changed. I didn't have the same income. I didn't have the same kind of hunger because in London you're just always hungry to like do better you know make more money yeah be part of like that, that different world and I lived a very good life there so it was kind of like I got back to the Midlands and I was like I need some I need something to concentrate on something to help me drive and you know financially I wasn't as well off as I had been because I moved back with no job and limited savings and all those kind of stress factors come into it he like, I need to do something, I need to do something. And then I just went to one of my friend's 30ths in London. And, um, you know, we went to a two-star Michelin restaurant. It was, you know, he paid for everyone. There's 15 people. He paid for the whole bill. It was a great time. In the morning, we got up, we're hungover. He's like, oh, you should try this Amazon thing. And I'm, so he sat with me and he said, yeah, basically, I just made my own products. I'm saying, what do you mean you made your own products? As far as I'm concerned, you have to be like MyProtein, USN, CMP. You know, you have to be a big company to be like giving out products. It's like, no, you can just start your own with like one thing. 
I was like, okay. So we sat for like five hours, like, hung over, and he went like, process. <laughs> yeah, like we were smashed because like he paid for tables, bottles, everything. Yes, absolutely smashed. But I'm, you know, I'm in a penthouse. I can't complain. Um, we just sat there for like five hours, literally, just going through the process, how you start it, what you look for, companies that you can use. Um, and literally, it started from that. And I started with one product. And, um, you know, I was a newbie to everything. I was constantly, like, ringing him every day after that, like, saying, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do I get this? How do I get that? He's like, look it up yourself. Look it up yourself. I'm saying, all right, cool, fair dude. Do you know what I mean? And you just... <laughs> so and I literally just started from there. And then I literally had one product. I used my credit card to get, like, 50 units by the label. Yeah. And, um, like, go with it, like... The first three, four months, I was just like curing fees from Amazon and not selling anything. Um, I didn't know. And then it kind of from there, just kind of built a little bit, built a little bit, built a little bit, started to get some more reviews and then looked at customer feedback, improved kind of like the quality of the labels. Um, and then kind of just built from there. And it got to a stage where it was doing quite well. And then yeah, from that point onwards, it was like, Lee, I'm doing this. Do you want to get involved? And then from there, we kind of mm. continued going, man. Um, so it was about, about, probably about nine months in. And then, yeah, Lee, Lee came on board and we just took it from there, really. It's an incredible story, really. But one of, one of the, the funniest things is that how many business deals come from either being drunk or hungover? Yeah. Or, or at least the creative... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sort of, exactly. You know, the creative juices start to flow or whatever. The amount of times, you know, people say that drinking is bad for you, but I, I've I obviously, I've worked with Lee and uh, we've heard some amazing success stories. Yeah, that have me and Rich uh, were in Amsterdam when we were talking to, uh, we were talking to one company and they've been going for three years and they just exploded. They absolutely exploded. And like all, all because like one guy got drunk with another guy from Microsoft and said, how do I make money in this, in this area? And he said, just do this. And he did. And three years later, my man's falling. And it's just, it's, it's funny. It's funny that uh, all of these things start just from a few drinks and then an idea. But I think one of the things that Leighton's missing out here is like, this guy, this guy James, who's, who, who's given this information and said this, he's, he's not been secretive with it. He's not gone, oh, don't do it. He's, he said this, but Leighton actually took that information and he did something with it, which is a lot, which is something that a lot of people don't do. They get given the information, they go, ah, oh, okay, yeah. well, that's fine, and never do anything with it. But Leighton's one of those guys that, like, he'll, he'll look at an opportunity, everything's an opportunity, and he'll always take it. Whether, you know, you, you might win some, you might lose some, you might fail, but uh, ultimately, um, you know, one of the great things about Leighton is he's just, he's just, so keen to succeed and so keen to like do the best that he possibly can um and and when an opportunity like that comes up we'll try it you know what i mean and that's 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 an inspiring thing to be around so it's always great to like uh have this network of people that i've got i've got that similar kind of uh attitude which is you know it's great yeah I, I hear this like a reoccurring theme throughout these podcasts, and it's it's always the same thing. It's about action, oh. you know, taking that action, no matter what it is. And you know, you guys, uh, you guys have got your own brand now. You, you're selling supplements, but people that I've spoken to about mental health, people that I've spoken to 
um, you know, about fitness and just the whole range of people, the one reoccurring theme is, is actually taking action because that's what people tend not to do. They, they have the thoughts, they have all the sort of ambition there and the tools there, everything's in place, but actually they don't take action. Yeah. And all that shit doesn't matter then. No, absolutely. I think it was I think one of the motivational speakers, Les Brown, he talks about, you know, being at your death's door and at that door, when you open it, is all the ideas, all the creations, all the things that were never invented, all the books that were never written, they're all there surrounding mm. you. These are all the things you didn't do that you wanted to do in your time. I said, he said, the best ideas in the world are in the graveyard because yeah. people never t- took action and never and never made those things possible and they'll never come to light. I think yeah. it's one of the truest things you can like take on board because, you know, it sounds crazy when you come from certain areas, like, you know, if you come from kind of poverty stricken areas where your intention is just to have a good job and make 30K a year and you'll be all right, that's pretty much all you will do. Um, but I think we come from those areas and I think something you have kind of a shift in kind of thinking or people or environment. Let me ask you, you think, let, let me ask you a question, Lane. like what, what was that? What was that shift for you? Cause like not, not even a joke. I was talking to, I was talking to Kelly about this. My, that's my partner. Um, I was talking to Kelly about this, like, you know, where, where me, Kimo and Shannon were and like where we came from. My mindset was always like, I had this goal in the back of my mind. Like I want to earn, a thousand pounds per year that I'm alive and for me like when I was younger that was success because like my mum was a, a mental health nurse my dad before he left was uh, a glass cutter like we, we work in working class family and for me success was just like earning like 35k or like that was like that was true success for me and like that's what I thought uh, you know the best that life could be was so like, I didn't have any any vision or any any concept of like being able to do any better with my life than that so like for me there just came a point where uh, I, I just started doing better than I thought I ever could and that opened my mind to, to so many things of just like oh shit this is this is available to me this is this is what my potential actually could be without you know it's, for me it was almost accidental but you know when I look at when I look at my sister when I look at Kima and where she's got to she's become a doctor I mean god damn like that's not supposed to happen for, for, for people like me and my family. And I'm just, I'm very you, proud. You know what it is, Lee? It's for, you know what? You said it there. You said, this isn't supposed to happen to me and my family. Why do we think that? Because we're mentally enslaved to think that we should just work, pay bills, die. Mm. And that's why we, something that is we call spectacular happens. Like your sister becoming a doctor. That's not spectacular. She's smart enough to do it. So why shouldn't she? Why shouldn't she use everything she's got to become the best she can? But we're not taught that. We're taught to do the simple things because it's very easy to do that, isn't it? Get a job, pay your bills, go on a holiday once a year, have a little bit of savings, work till 65. Cool. You've done everything you can in life. Actually, no, you haven't. You've not even started, if you ask me. You failed at something or failed at a business or failed at some kind of opportunity. That's, just, that's not living, I don't think. You know, we could do what we're doing fail but we know we try we're not gonna have no regrets i think that's the main thing um but the shift for me was moving to london that was the shift because my friend that i lived with was 23 yeah he brought a, a penthouse apartment with three floors which i had a whole floor to myself 
a six hundred thousand pounds cash. He's not a rich kid. His dad still works now. He just retired his dad last year. His dad was a builder, a roofer. His mum was a nurse. And that showed me that he took nothing and turned it into something. And he's the most humble person you'll ever meet. You know, he still shops at... I think that... <clears throat> Sorry. I was going to say, I think that, you know, because that's where you learn, isn't it? When you see other people, because you become, you do become a product of your environment. So you are living like myself. Exactly. I was, I'm from a council estate and you don't see past that. No. And then when you move somewhere like London and you're, you're in this environment with all these successful people constantly and, and you, you know, it could be just a, a conversation that you have with somebody and they tell you that, yeah, I was like you once. And you think, really? I thought you was born with a silver spoon in your mouth. Yeah. No, no, no. I just had to work hard. I just had to put my mind to it and work hard. And, and all of a sudden, you start changing the way you think. 100%, man. All of a sudden, you know. It's what it is. No, I was going to say, like, you know, I, I, I moved in with him. Like, I met all these people at the gym. Like, I met him at the gym. You know, we was doing a gym and they had boxing classes. We was doing the boxing, you know. I basically beat him off. It was like, oh, man, you're all right. The, the reason I was <laughs> behind that is he had, he had um, his company that he worked for, and they had tickets to retrieve two chips. He's like, oh, I got these tickets to this event. This is just random. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I went, like, came on, got brought one of my mates with me that I just met, who I met at NatWest Bank, opening my student account. You know what I mean? Like, this is, that was um, him, and he invited me out. And then, you know, I went to this event after that. He was like, oh, uh, oh no, it's fine. Like, she's moved out. Do you want to come and live with me? I'm like, yeah, because I'm living in a chisel. So, cool. He charged me £300 a month to live with him. And this apartment's worth 600000 He just sold it for a million pounds. So he's a, you know, and these are opportunities that you're never going to get anywhere else. My other friend, he's the, um, his dad was the vice president of Nigeria like five years ago me and Lee went to Portugal with him last year had the sickest 24 hours ever um, and you know you just and then like you say your environment is environment a friend that I live with his best friend um, his uncle's the fifth richest in the UK I went to a private members club where the waiting list was 50 years long like you bump into people you're having conversations that you thought you'd never have and it just opened my eyes so much to say wow your life is very simple uh, in the Midlands or back home. Like, people don't even, can't consider half of these things. Um, so it just, yeah, that London for me was such an eye-opener. And it made me very unsettled to come home and be like, I can't just work. I need to do something else. I need to, you need to fulfil your potential, I suppose, whatever that is. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a good story. I like it. And I like that, you know, you, you're reading these things and and. One thing that um, was really poignant for me was actually it came from somewhere, you know, you talked about Les Brown, you talked about, um, well, I've talked about people in the past that are inspirational figures. And I actually listened to Kevin Hart's book out of all people. And obviously, I just thought at the time, yeah, he's a stand-up comedian, he's funny, and, he's, and his book is funny to listen to, his audio book. But actually, the guy, I learned so much, I thought he's so intelligent and he was so driven and he's very much the same. He's not, you know, from a good background, if you like, he didn't have a lot growing up and he strives for a lot. But one of the things he said that was so poignant was, you know, he talked about looking at your life as if it's a book. And if somebody was reading your book and how do you want that book to end? And that was like, it kind of just hit me and I was like, shit, yeah. How do, how do I want my book to end? How do I want people to read my book? 
you know, and that's and that's what you're doing. You're filling those pages and chapters with this ambition and desire and drive to to be better and be more successful, be able to give your family the things they want, all that kind of stuff. I think that was a, a changing point in my life when I had my daughter, and I thought, you know, I want I want to be able to give her things that I never had when I was a kid. I don't know if you're the same, Leighton, because I know yeah. you've got a little girl. You know, it's funny you should say that, Richard, because I, I I'm very much the same. You know, you want to give your kids what you didn't what we didn't have. And one quote that I've seen that said, don't give your kids what you didn't have. Give them what you didn't know so they don't end up in the same situation. Mm. And I think that was, again, something that I read that was very powerful. I thought, actually, if you teach your kids what we know now, we'll never be in their 30s worrying about financial problems or, do you know what I mean? Like, being sure. stable. Like, we teach them now, they'll be so financially, like, readily available to do anything and have the freedom to take the risk they want in regards to business or starting whatever it is they want to do you know so I think that's very powerful like we give our kids a lot of what we didn't have but not a lot of knowledge mm. that we didn't have and that's, and that, you know? and that's a difference yeah that's, a difference. that's very important a lot of people when you when you have that conversation it's about I want to give and my mum was exactly the same I want you people I want you kids to have what you what I never had but what she was talking about there was like material wealth like we've already spoken about it Leighton and I about well, let's set up a business for our children. Let's set up like a clothing line. Let's set up some something that they can have that when they're 18, we can pass it on to them. Something that's, that's more than just, here's something material, something that will set them up for life. Do you know what I mean? Not just a trust fund, not just money, but the mm. responsibility and the skills and the knowledge to, to, to actually be able to go into the world and do something for themselves. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's, uh, that's that's the way that we're we're starting to look at you know how we want to bring up our children and like what we want to give to them and what we want to leave them with. That's a very good point. Yeah, I really like that because you don't hear that very often. And you know, I do think the same about the knowledge as well. And and kind of picking up on what Leighton said about one of the reasons why I probably got into debt and things when I was younger was because. My mum and dad didn't tell me, like, you don't want that credit card. Don't don't get into credit cards. Don't do this. Don't do that. And I don't know. Uh, maybe don't it's because my mum so. and dad I were just there's quite... there's so many middle-class kids that are, like, in so much debt. It happens to everybody. But the truth is, you learn all these things in school. No, it is. When, what, what class have you ever yeah. taken that teaches you financial literacy? Tell me. Like, what class? You, you, you learn it. Your parents don't sit down and teach you. You say, oh, save some money. That's what they say. Put some money away and save it. Why? Like, why? I don't, don't get, there was no reason, really, for me to... It's only from... It's only actually from being in, in a state where I'm in so much debt, where I've got, for, for years and years and years, been in so much debt that all my paycheck, everything's going out. At the end of the month, like at the beginning of the month after I've paid everything, I've barely even got £100 to last me for a month. And I'm, and I'm 24, 25 years old, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm earning more than I've, I have done. I, I had more free cash like when I was on EMA, like for real. Like what's going on here? What, when I had paper round, That's what I, I was balling. That's what I mean. <laughs> you're acclimate, you're acclimate, and it's a fair point it's a fair point again you know what it's, it's because we, we come from these families yeah, and Gaston Richard you're very similar to me and Lee where you know your parents want you to enjoy your life but what they don't tell you is when I say enjoy your life I don't mean go and get yourself into debt with credit cards loans overdrafts you know they want you to enjoy your life they want you to see you having a good time but behind all that there is that kind of like 
cool, well, now I've got to pay £100 on this credit card, £60 on my overdraft, another 130 on my loan, and then that's another £600 every month you've got to find. But actually, if you just learn to budget your money from a younger age and learn to get yeah. 10% rule, you know, if you read uh, the book Richest Man in Babylon, that is a very simple rule. 10% for savings, 20% for you, the rest goes on your bills, your car, or whatever it is. You know, it's a very simple rule. Stick to it, and you'll be so much better off. So, but people, yeah, season, it's not, it's, it's not taught. So it leaves you in a predicament. Like, and it's generally in your twenties, isn't it? You're in your twenties, the mid twenties. Got access to, you know, you probably got decent credit. You got access to a brand credit card. You get one of them. You get two of them. You do a balance transfer. Do you know what I mean? There's all these things, but we're never taught not to do that. Like my friend that I live with, he's never had a credit card. And I thought, why? Wow. Do you know what I mean? He's never had one. Not even at uni. Mm. I thought he buys everything cash. And I thought, wow, what a position it's weird, to be though, in. Because it's generational. It's generational. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, it would. Yeah, but he yeah. never started like that. Do you know what I mean? He never, he never came with money. He, he, he had a normal jobs and yeah. stuff like that. So he never, it never occurred to him. Yeah, it's, it's a one. weird thing, though. It's a weird thing. Because like, when so I, I spoke think, to you know, my granddad before he passed, he was like, I never, when I came to this country, I never borrowed nothing off anybody. Like, he, he never took any loan. He paid for his house in, in cash, saved up. Like, and it, somewhere along, like, that generation coming over to my mum's generation, who, like, you, credit cards and loans and stuff. And I did exactly the same. And somehow that, that idea of just save and put money away and be financially responsible, it just... I think at some point as well, like you've got to, it's a learning curve. Oh, you've got to think. Yeah, you learn from it. I was a teenager and I didn't give a shit what anybody said to me. I just do <laughs> what I did anyway. So you could, so I could have had all the, all the advice in front of me and I'd have yeah, still probably gone down the same road. So sometimes you, you, you know, you've, you've got to take a bit of ownership and then, and then go, all right, so we made a mistake. Now let's move on. Let's learn from that and, and not do it again. And I think that's the only way to learn. Exactly. And to be fair, um, that's a good way to um, move on to the next thing because um, business-wise, me and Lee, uh, Lee joined in the May. Uh, we stayed strong for yeah. about the July. And then we had our little, we had yeah, our, yeah. We had our yeah, bump yeah. in the road. Yeah. No, I remember this tip. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we had our bump in the road and that was massive, massive learning, really. In regards to business and being prepared, and um, like like Lee said, I'm very much an opportunist. Um, I always strive to more than just work. I, I don't think I will be working for anyone apart from myself. I'm um, but Lee kept me going during that time because the end towards the end of that six months, probably the one time probably in the last ten years I've not been positive or kind of. Uh, kind of opportunity driven because I was so um, financially stressed in regards to me and Lee mm. putting a lot of money into the business, um, making, I swear it was not, not bad you judgment calls, but I, I'm gonna, I'm learning from this now, like, to be made. Is, and this is, this is one of the key lessons that I learned from that period. You can do everything right, like every single thing you can do right. And you can still mm. lose. Because at the time, the decisions that we made, the decision to put as much money as we did in the stock, everything that we did was was the right decision. But 
like unforeseen circumstances come up, and that you yeah. couldn't, you couldn't, you wouldn't have been able to tell that. And because of that, we we were left with literally thousands of units of stock with no ability to sell it at all. It, it was it was it, it it was a situation where we had we we were trying to launch a new product. Um, we we spent money on like thousands of pounds on on marketing. On, on stock, on 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 boxes, yeah. on prototypes, and then we were we we're, were in this position where like no money was coming in, like nothing, and we'd 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 already spent money yeah. that we we forecasted to come in, and it just didn't come, and suddenly we'd gone from making like you know like eight grand a month to nothing, to to, to absolutely nothing, to to the point where we're like, okay, what do we do, and like what's what are the business plans, and we did loads of things to start stuff again. And it worked for like two weeks, and then it failed. And again, we did that again yeah. and again and again and again. Yeah, we tried to sell on eBay, we do all those kind of things. And you know, it got to a point where, you know, in in work terms, you know, Lee is um, kind of better off than me in that in that sense. Um, but you know, everyone still has their own outgoings, right? You still got rent, still got bills. If you've got kids, you've got childcare. So to find another anywhere between six and eight hundred pound a month between us for those six months was a big ask do you know what i mean so it got to a point where i was like yo lee i think we're just gonna have to call it a day and just like close the business because you know we got we got a loan going out for 500 you know know, this company for three and a half grand we had another company another four grand you know we owe the marketing team another 1200 pounds so where are we going to get this from? And and this is the thing that I suppose I just want to jump in and sorry to yeah, talk no. over you, but just so the listeners know is that this isn't your nine to five. You have a nine to five. I got that. This yeah. is back on Lee, top of that. Nine to five. This, at, at this point, Lee, all right, Lee. Lee. All right, Lee. No, no, no. I'm going to no, get no. the little violin out all for right, you though, because no, I know no, what your I'm nine to five. My is. nine to five. <laughs> get the violin out because I have to work with you, man. That's fucking hard enough. The struggle's real. Out <laughs> yeah. here. Now, Leighton was working like three jobs at this point as well on top of this. Bear in mind, like, my man's working nights. He's working uh, a job after work. He's working nine to five. On top of that shit, we're going out to, like, Manchester, like, every every other weekend, like, going to gyms and stuff to try and, like, promote the product. My man's, like, working 24 hours a day. And people talk about grind and people talk about hustle and they don't actually know what that word means. They think they work hard, you know what I mean? I can sit behind a computer and I can work late a few nights and like work until 12 o'clock. My man knows what it means to actually grind. And like in this situation, bear in mind that when somebody's working three jobs and you've still got to find another £600 and you're putting all this effort in, like, and, and, and for months it's just not working yeah. and you have this dip, it's like, you know, it's like, how, what, what, what more am I supposed to do? What more? So. Yeah, and I think, you know, like you all know, Richard, adding to that, you know, you got, that takes a lot of um, time and stress on, on your relationships and time with your kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. I'm working Monday to Friday. Um, I'm commuting 30 hours a week for my day job. I'm doing security on the weekends till four in the morning. So four in the morning, I'm getting home on Saturday morning. He's picking me up at half five to drive to Manchester. So I'm sleeping for an hour and a half, taking my pillow and my sheet in his car and the passenger seat that hour and a half drive to Manchester, getting my little kip in. And he's waking me up by, you know, I'm dribbling all over his car and that. Like, oh, wait, yeah. I mean, I may be wiping my face off, slapping some cocoa butter on. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> These are all the makings of a true success story. Though. This is this is what I love. Like the story that's, that you're building. So I've heard I've heard these same stories from people who are so successful. You know, even the likes of Simon Cowell. You look at him, and everybody just thinks, "Oh, yeah, he's rich." But the stuff that he went through, he had to liquidate his business. He had nothing. He had to start up again. Um, there's just so many out there. You know, yeah. it happens. So you look at like the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, exactly. things like that those kind of inspirational stories that are true stories. And I don't even know, it's Chris, uh, I don't know his surname now. Um, well, obviously it's Will Smith that played the part, but it it was based on a true story. And this guy's an entrepreneur, millionaire, billionaire, whatever he is now. Yeah. And and it's the same sort of thing, not getting sleep, having to look after your kids, educate them as well as keep your own mind. And it's, it's there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, I didn't actually know before, you started saying because I, I knew you'd have you worked. Uh, obviously, I know Lee better than yourself, um, but I didn't realise. And I know you did doors, but I didn't know you were doing like three jobs and then all that. So that's pretty amazing stuff, man. Yeah, but you know, it's one of those things. It's again, it's like Lisa, it's character building because you know you put yourself under that immense pressure, and if you can come out the other side and I'm like, it was hard, but what did I learn? That I need to start working smarter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like okay. Why don't I do what I love? And that's now is I'm now doing. Uh, I did sport and exercise science at college, um, and then I went into a different kind of area. Once I left college, I went and did psychology at university, and then I kind of went into education after that. But I was like, fitness has always been my love, so let me come back now. So now I've just I'm in the process of finishing my level three PT, along with my specialism in the uh, GP referrals and diabetes. I said, well, that goes hand in hand with our brand. Um, and I get to work from home and I can do the business from home. So by doing those, I'm going to accumulate more time, less travel, which is ultimately what we all want is more time with your family, friends and those that you love. Um, so now I'm working on reducing my hours that I'm out and about and making it all kind of centralised to, to, to home, really, so I can have that freedom to do as and what I want to. So, so yeah, as much as it was stressful, and trust me, there's... There was days where I just didn't even sleep when I got back from work. Lee come pick me up. I think I, I think yeah. I was up before Lee. Most times I was having like an hour of sleep and really like, you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm on my way. I'm like, you're not the one, you're because you're in bed, so stop lying. Do you know what I mean? So, but you know. Go back. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, go back to, let's get back to the point where you was talking about, you know, you wanted to give it up and, and Lee, because I know, Obviously, from what I can hear here, Lee is playing his role down quite a lot. And I know Lee, and I, I, I'm inspired by Lee at times. And Lee always seems to have the right words to say. Yeah. And he's saying a lot about you, which is which is obviously true, but I feel like he's playing himself yeah. down a lot. So going back to that point where you wanted to give up, yeah. you know, where did Lee intervene and how did that sort of... You know, what 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 did you do, Lee? What did you what did you say to Leighton? How did you keep his spirits up to keep going at that point, especially when he's got so much, you know, at stake? I suppose with a family and everything else. Um, to be fair, Lee was, you know, what he was just that kind of, he was just like kind of there in the sense that like I was talking to him about him saying, listen, we're at that point now where it, it, it's affected. You know what? I didn't want it to affect our friendship. You know what? That was the main thing. You know. That's what that's what I didn't yeah. I did not want it because me and Leah are like so close on a on a different level. Like, you know, there's friends that there's there's probably only probably two people in, in the on this planet yeah. I'd ever go into business with. And that is me, probably one other person. 
because everyone knows you've got close friends, you've got really good friends, but when it comes to business, they're a totally different kettle of fish. It's different. It's totally different. So, you know, you, you've, got, you've got to pick someone that's going to understand when, you know, they might have to put in more than you because you can't do that at that time or, you know, they're going to have to take a loss for the, for the next 12 months until things come back around because people are going to say shallow because they'll argue about money. Because the process for us is obviously about providing um, a kind of a, a lifestyle where we have free time, but it's also about building something and also giving back. So at the same time, it was kind of like you don't want to affect that to affect what we have and built over the last 30 years as friends. I think, yeah. um, so it's more I think, for me I think to one of the I want to. Is like we, looked at, we looked at the situation that we, that we, that we were in. We we knew what our outgoings were. We knew what we knew what like we couldn't sell. We knew what we couldn't do, and like we had it was weird. We had like a few bits of stock that uh, we usually took around to like to to do some shows and stuff. And we decided like this last little bit of money, we'll find it somehow. We'll buy some of the stock that we know that we can sell. That we know that can. It's not going to sell big. It's not going to sell quick. But what it's going to do is it's going to allow us to put like instead of putting like six hundred pound into the business every month we can put in like £100 or £200 each into the business. And ultimately, we got, we'd, we'd got so far, and like in my mind, like there, was, there was no doubt in my mind that we could have turned it around. Like Leighton's usually like so positive, and like, I guess and it, it came to the, the point where I was just like, nah, this ain't, this ain't right. Like, this, isn't, this isn't right. This isn't right for Leighton to be feeling the way it was. And we had uh, we had like uh, the um, marketing company saying, "Oh, okay, you know, we're going to take to court. We're going to do this." We had the private label, um, like uh, one of our suppliers, uh, talking about, "Oh, you need to pay like all these invoices." And it it just came to the point. Truth. Here's the situation. You can either wait, or you could not get paid at all. So we, we, we kind of built up a plan of like what's what 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 can we do right now to make the biggest bit of impact? What's the one thing that we can do to make the biggest impact? And it wasn't a big impact that that the plan made. We still had to put money in, but what it allowed us to do was get enough money into the business to actually survive and to ride out the storm that we were having. So it's it's like sometimes like it's like what relationship with any friends you've got sometimes you just need somebody else to like take take to, to look at it from a different point of view and to say yeah we can do this and to look at it a different way and just go five come on just push a little bit further the only time that i would have ever liquidated the business genuinely and this isn't even a joke is just so the fucking marketing company who did fuck all didn't get paid and that's not even a joke we would have set up another company we would have set up another company we would have paid off all the invoices but fuck them guys like, for real that's the only time like genuinely i would have ever agreed to shut down a company these these motherfuckers had the audacity to give us the CCJ for an invoice we didn't pay. I'm like, like you didn't like, do the like work. Seriously, they did nothing for a month yeah. and then expected to pay for it. Like I mean, nothing. Like actually, nothing. Yeah, yeah literally nothing. Like not one thing. Not even one Insta post. Nothing. Shame them. Say the names. Yeah. I don't care. I, I can't even <laughs> so I don't want to say the wrong name in case, like, you, you get that. That's how much. That's yeah, exactly. that's a terrible exactly. marketing. Can't even remember the name. They can't even sell themselves. Exactly. 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 <laughs> so, but yeah, no. Nah, you know what it is? Is um, I didn't want to ruin the relationship with me and Lee. I don't think that'd ever happen anyway. But you know, um, but Lee was very supportive uh, financially, uh, emotionally, and kind of was like overall, and that's why 
I was so glad that I did it with Lee because yeah. maybe some other people it would have just ended in devastation. Um, yeah, I mean that definitely. That's a question that I was going to ask you anyway. At some point, was like, how do you two get on? Because I know the importance of a good business relationship. I've I've had business. I, I was in business with my brother. And honestly, it was it was a nightmare. Yeah. And as good as my brother was at what we did, as far as like the paperwork side of things and taking care of all of that, all the overheads, finances, it all came down to me. And I was constantly my, my job never finished. Yeah. So when we went to work, we would go out and we was we was in the stallers. Um, when 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 we came home, like my job didn't stop. I had to stay on top of everything else. I had to stay on top of invoicing and then chase people that hadn't paid. And you know it is. Yeah. And and I think and that, and that really caused problems between me and him, and you know his family as well. So it kind of makes it worse. But that was one of the things I was going to say. Is you know you two have got to have such a good relationship, and I can see it there. And 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 you obviously bounce off each other when you're talking, but. At that point, when at that lowest point in in your kind of mind, where Beast and Bolt got to, Lee picked you up, and I think it, vice versa, it would be the same thing. Oh, I think sometimes yeah. where Lee might not be feeling it, you'll pick him up, and that's that's great. I think that's really when all the chips were down, you guys still had had the courage to to keep going and keep pushing and um, and bring it back up. And I suppose we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, and it's just um, all I can say is, is thank you to Lee really because you know. He didn't have to stick in there. He didn't have to invest. He didn't have to do any of these other things. But I think Lee was, you know, he saw the bigger picture. He's seen what we can do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, um, like even if I even if I didn't see the bigger picture, even if I didn't see what was possible, always like the truth is like I've been in. I, I was in business before, and I went into business with two other guys, and uh, we did whatever we did, and we we we, we had differences of, of of opinion, and like it just didn't work, and like we uh, the the business liquidated, and I I, I always thought I'm never really going to go into business with anybody else because it's like it's just it's not worth it, and, like ruined friendships, and like I'm 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 not bitter or anything, but like it was just one of those points where I actually walked away and said, look, I can't I can't do this anymore. It's just not working. Um, with Leighton, like I believe in Leighton, I believe in Leighton as a person, like full stop. So like, forget about the business and forget about anything. Like, I back Leighton, and like, of course I'm going to go into a business with somebody that like I trust. I just trust him full stop. I've I've always been able to trust him personally with anything that I've got to say. My man's never judged me. Like when we were growing up, like I was different. Like I was different from most kids. Leighton didn't have no no problem with that. Do you know what I mean? He like always still hung around with me, and it's like I I, I trust like when when he's come back from from London and like the mindset and like some of the things that he just says, and like the maturity that he's got, like the the head on his shoulders. It's just like I can't I can't not back this guy. So I know what he can do. I know exactly what he can do. So like in that moment when he stands up, fuck that. Nah, you're better than that. You're better than that. So like we're not gonna stop here. We'll stop when we have to stop. But right now we don't have to stop. We're just tired, man. So let's take a little break and let's move on. Yeah, well, I please. love that. Yeah. And and I think what that really means as well, what what it proves to me is that you believe in what you're doing. You believe in the brand. You believe in your product. Yeah, one hundred percent. And to be fair, you know, we um, what I did is uh, the reason we started going to gyms is because I sat for one day and I emailed I think about one hundred and fifty CrossFit gyms across the country, 
and literally just went, okay, yeah. let me just, I think we was on our way yeah. back from London, weren't we? Yeah. Hung over again. Hung over. Smack. <laughs> uh, I mean, back see? Yeah. See? <laughs> let me just tell you about Portugal. <laughs> Richard, I finished work uh, Friday night, so two o'clock Saturday morning, yeah? Finished work. Me picked me up from doing my security at two o'clock in the morning. We drove to London, parked up at my friend's house, got on the tube, 24-hour tube, the Heathrow Airport, for a flight at like half seven. Got the flight to Portugal, landed at 11, still awake, haven't slept yet. Yeah. Went to the gym, <laughs> the workout was like, oh, I've got to get a pump on you. <laughs> got ready. Like my friends, me was just sitting there like, yo, these lot got too much money. I'm like, yeah, I know, but we'll have a good night. Um, then was up all day, all night, went shopping in, in Lisbon. These lot are going Gucci, Louis Vuitton, all this nonsense. And then no, got back, sleep. literally, I don't think, we didn't got, sleep. Yeah, just literally went, went to a restaurant. Got ready. Ah, oh, sickest restaurant. Sickest restaurant. Went to some bar on top of a... Um, yeah. oh, refurbished oh, car dude, park, like open top car park, sick, smashed from there. Absolutely <laughs> trolley. No, like, next level, the drinks are bad. Man's, my man's making like this uh, street with like, like strawberries <laughs> and like uh, mint and stuff, and it's taken him like he's made, he's made now. Nah, it wasn't a daiquiri, daiquiri. to make these free drinks here. Yeah, this guy is standing behind us, and like, take one sip. We took one sip and went. Yeah, we'll take two more pieces. This guy behind us just like sucks his teeth and walks up. Like, Yo, sorry, man. Should have got this sooner. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was, it was nice. And then, yeah, and then we literally we got, we got so we out went to a restaurant. The restaurant was bad as well. Like we had just, we had about I think the bill came for like five thousand euros. It's not stupid. No, 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 no. Food was banging uh, for two of you. Five of us. Uh, um, no, okay. Still, yeah, but it's food. Leader food was good in it. I'm not gonna lie, it was good. We had a lot. To be. And then, yeah, we went out, and then just like <laughs> we didn't realize that in Lisbon, people don't go out to like two, three in the morning. Yeah, Everyone's at like ten, eleven at like a.m. Four o'clock. Like we, we went got out. Like we thought, oh, okay, well, we've only got like a few hours to get out and party or something. I like back was half ten in the morning, Sunday morning. Still not slept. Yeah, so we're still out. Still not still slept. Not still out looking at watch. I'm saying, yo, leave. Yeah, we'll do it right now. We can have three minutes sleep. Like, you know, when we were in it, when we were in it, we were constantly like, we were looking at watches like we were playing like, like real Three minutes. Like proper like strategy, like analyzing it. Yo, yo, if we go back now. Figuring it out. Say, yeah, yeah, six minutes. Yeah, okay, if we go yeah, back yeah, now, yeah, okay, six minutes in the taxi. No. No, it was, trust me, it was mad. And then we, we had chocolate Patron, which that. Lee doesn't remember, which I'm so, like, because it's the best taste we've ever had in time. <laughs> um, but yeah, we fell asleep, yeah. We got back at, like, half eight in the morning. It was, like, set our alarm for half an hour. I don't know what woke me up, but I got up. My alarm, I got up. I don't ask me how or when or whatever. Yeah. Lee was gone. He was. He would not have got home. He wouldn't have got home. He wouldn't have got home. My wow. other friend... He didn't sleep at all. He just met us at the airport half time. He was still out. Just came, just came straight to the airport. Just through his passport. I'm not gonna ask what your your friend was doing. Ah, trust me. Yeah, yeah, he's an animal. He's an animal. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was. Nah, it's a it's, story. Yeah, it's I was meant to say earlier. Actually, you said you went to Amsterdam with Lee, and I, again, mm. that's another story because yeah, Lee went to Amsterdam with me. That was a whole story with 
you know, listen, mate. Listen, I don't whatever you thought you did was that was funny or crazy, ain't got nothing on this, mate. Did me get attacked about the airport when you was with him? Like, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Our Amsterdam trip is probably the, yeah. the most boring Amsterdam trip work, you would yeah. ever want to listen to. Well, um, I was wasn't. I'll tell yeah. you that. Let me put it this way: we was we was at the airport hotel, <laughs> which was nowhere near the airport. Yeah, but it was also nowhere near the centre of Amsterdam. Uh, wounded. You know, we we got there. Uh, we had to go straight from. This is a business trip. So next time we do it, maybe it'll be fun. Maybe we could all do it and we'll come on a podcast and we'll tell a fun story. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to go in. It's that boring. It's not even worth me telling yeah. you about. Um, people just switch the podcast so off. What, they put it this way, <laughs> Lee got a taxi back to the airport and we went. I was, yeah. Yeah, I was smoked out. Really? Yeah. I, was could, yeah. like, I was like, I don't know where my hotel was. I was like, I don't know where my hotel was. <laughs> he I says that, yeah. <laughs> to the point, yeah, but a taxi, man. Stop charging him because he'd been to the hotel and airport back and forth so many times. He said, I'm not charging you no more because I took all his money. <laughs> he had no money. Oh, yeah. shit. he was high. Uh, no, no, no. Well, I thought I thought I always thought Lee was sensible. Yeah, I, 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 I really I, did. I thought I'd be all right. I'd be safe with really. Lee. Nah, mate, this guy's lucky me. I'm all right when I get back to my hotel at four in the morning. He left us at 11, 11 p.m. Still awake. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not honestly, I thought Lee was going to be the sensible nuts. Wrong guy, wrong guy. No, the thing about is very powerful. Yeah, he's, you've got this, you've got a good uh, front. Like, you hide that one, well, Lee. I've changed. Yeah, I've like, that, that like eighteen. That well, probably like fourteen, like, <laughs> twenty-eight or twenty-nine. Man, that was they were the bad years. Yeah. The lost years. <laughs> we all had them. I don't. I don't. I can't say mine went on that yeah, long, that's <laughs> But you know, yeah, at least you enjoyed yourself. You made it through the other yeah, side. Exactly. <laughs> you landed on your feet. So you good. Can I? So can I? Can I ask then? So back to the product. Uh, back to Beast yeah. and Bulk Nutrition. Talk about. You know, you, you've got creatine, testosterone boosters. You just put a, a pre-workout or it's, it's at least it's in the pipeline. Yeah. Um, but what I always think about these, like health and fitness right now, which is obviously it's huge. Everybody seems to be at the yeah. gym. Everybody's taking supplements or whatever else. Why did you feel like this was the route you wanted to go like in such a saturated market? Um, and and how do you feel that you can like stand out in in the crowd? What you what makes you different to the competition? Let's say, you know what? Um, one, I think it's because we actually do what we talk about. Um, not to say that some of the companies don't like they get a lot of because they're ambassadors and they invest in getting a lot of people that do their videos. But the actual people that own the companies, I don't know how many of them are actually invested in yeah. fitness or the quality of the products or kind of actually making sure athletes or people who enjoy the gym are getting what they need um yeah and you know what it is i took a lot of supplements when i was when i first started training when i was younger i was out in my mid-20s I, you know, I was always taking protein and looking up different supplements and seeing which ones were the best and so you know i mean so um and i've always i've always done it so and i suppose it's kind of you do what you know right so i thought i know what i would like if i was going to buy this product I know what I would like to see. I know what I would like, what would attract me to it. 
So I kind of pictured that in my head and like that's kind of how it just went. And I thought everyone says it's a saturated market, but at the same time, name me a market that isn't saturated apart from electric cars, you know, um, bread, eggs, you know what I mean? <laughs> Shoes, clothing, you know, every market is saturated really. Um, it's how do you stand out? Um, yeah, exactly. So I think what we have is me and Lee as a kind of team are unique. Um, I think our branding is unique um, compared to other other logos and brandings and uh, stuff like that. You know, we have we have the pictures of the different animals on our products. Um, our logo is different, um, and I think over time we will be able to fulfil kind of what we want to do. And I think what we're doing currently is again, as you know, we're working on the beast box, which is a product that kind of brings together all of the products that a customer wants. Um, so that's, you, know, you get pre-workout in there, you get protein in there, you get creatine in there. Um, I really like that. I think that's a great idea because you, you're you giving somebody a subscription-based, um, you know, if somebody, if somebody takes products, uh, supplements quite a lot and they take protein and stuff like that, you've got to go around to all these different... Yeah. So you're like, right, this is my creatine. I know you can do it all on, say, my protein, for instance, but you, you might have like a handful of stuff from there, but then you have like these separate individual places where you go to get, and you're, you're actually offering a box what has pre-workout, has your creatine, has your um, protein, everything yeah. else, all in one box, which is like a month's worth. And, and it just takes all them pain points away. And, and it just literally arrives at your door in a box, nicely packaged and everything. Yeah, I really like that idea. I think that's brilliant. And I think that's what we'll, we have to offer that's going to be different. Um, you know, touch wood at the moment, there isn't no one else doing that because they have all those individual products. They haven't put them together yet. So, um, and again, that came from what do we need? You know, as working people, you know, if you've got a family, you've got kids, you've got a full-time job, you know, you want simplicity. You want to be able to just go into the boot of your car Grab your BCAs, your pre-workout, your protein, your creatine, I'm good to go. Do you know what I mean? And that's it, you're there. Yeah. You can just get it all. You can go do your workout, come back, have your protein shake. Done, it's already there. Tear away sachets. Do you know what I mean? He's no messing about with your, with yeah. your spoons and finding your flipping, your protein scoop and all that nonsense. Do you know what I mean? Spilling all over your side or in the boot of your car. <laughs> you know, they're, you know, they're the standard stories. You're rushing about, or it's leaking in. You're flipping. You haven't put your lid on your protein shake properly. It's all spilt out. You're pissed off. That fuck say you got to hoover the car tomorrow. Bear long. So it's just all about convenience and making it easier for the gym goer or the athlete or whoever it is. Yeah, and I, you know, again, and I think one of the things, even just from this podcast, what I've worked out is that for you guys and what what makes you stand out if people listen to this is that it's not just about the money it's about the love of it going back to the very first and i know lee was dicking about when he when i asked him what one thing do you wish you you owned and he said money um maybe maybe he wasn't lying but maybe he wants it for the reasons what you said um but yeah i think i think that's the biggest thing behind it because you know if it was all about money you would have jacked it in by now yeah exactly and we could have easily because it got to a point where that was probably definitely the easier option. Um, but like I say, like um, all our sales that we did on eBay, um, 10% of every single sale went to sickle sale. 
people who don't know who that is, that's a charity that um, deal with sickle cell disease, which generally affects people of ethnic minorities. Um, me and Lee both be a mixed race. You want to give back yeah. to a charity that was kind of, was, you know, yeah. something that was part of us. Uh, um, so yeah, so yeah. again, that's something that we did because um, we wanted to give back. You know, we didn't. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that when you sell on eBay. You can just keep all the money for yourselves. What we said, you know, let's do something little. Why we with what little we have, and then as we get bigger and we grow, we'll do we'll do more. Um, so again, that's um, you know working with other companies. There's a company called B1G1, who are um, basically buy one give one. So every product that we sell. They give either a, a new set of um, pencil case and books to kids or a glass of milk or a meal goes to these charities and brought for kids all over the world. Um, so that's something that we're looking to go into as well. So it's about giving back, I think, because if you're not doing something for kind of humanity or to make things better, I think it's kind of pointless doing it. Of course, everyone wants to make money. That's, that's just a given because we live in a Western world where money talks, right? Um, but to be fair, I think the main thing for us is kind of once you've got that stability within your company and you're making that additional income, you know, who would we be if we didn't spread that amongst the people that where we lived or where we're from or who we are? Um, you know, it all means nothing if we're not going to try and make some kind of impacts no matter how small it is. So I think that's one of the big things we kind of try to want to push once we get to that stage where we are making, you know, a lot of money where we can actually try and take the time out to go and do homeless shelters and soup kitchens and give away clothing and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's kind of a, you know, kind of getting that right balance. That's wicked, man. No, I love that. I really do. I think, you know, it shows who you guys are. Um, as people, as a business, what you're about, um, you know, and I think people can look at this as well and say, do you know what? Actually, if I'm going to buy from somebody, I'm going to buy from somebody from the top who's already like your my proteins, your USNs, and all that kind of stuff. Why not buy from Beast and Bulk and actually do something and put something back? So if they're buying from you, you're passing that on to local charities and things. You know, it gives you a little bit of a you know a sense of of that you've done something nice for the community or you've done something nice for a charity. I think that's, that's a great thing all around. And yeah, I, you know, I can not, I can not, not be an advocate of that. I think that's awesome, man. I didn't know that you guys even did that. So I, I just know that from what you've said, um, everything, everything that you've said, it just seems like there's a passion there for what you're doing. It's not just a case of, I'm going to get into this because, yeah this is a market we need to get into now. A lot of people are into health and fitness and everything else. And we just want to jump on a bandwagon and make some quick cash. That's not what you guys are about. And that's what I really like. And then for you to then go on and say that and say that you want to give back and come in from the sort of background that you come from, uh, whether it's, you know, growing up in a council estate or you're talking about your ethnicity, sickle cell, things like that. I think that's, that's really, really good. And, you know, Patty, Put on the back to you guys for, for actually doing that. Oh, thank you. No, Lee's gone quiet. I feel like he, he's dipped out. He's fell asleep again, like he did in. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm gonna give. I want to give Lee the next question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you you're kind of picking up on that already. Um, really, what I wanted to ask was what what is the vision 
for you guys? What's the future of, of Beast and Bull? I mean, we're, we're looking to expand our range of what we've got, our portfolio. Um, really, one of the things that, uh, you know, Richard, you've been very kind to us in the business, and one of the things that uh, we're keen on doing is getting some apparel out, getting some gym equipment. And I, I use straps all the time, and I think it'd be mm. nice to get some straps. It'd be nice to get uh, some some more uh, t-shirts hoodies like we got we've we, we we started printing some some t-shirts just for ourselves and some hoodies just for ourselves as a like a marketing and promotional kind of stuff and we've got so much good feedback of you oh, these these shirts are sick oh where can i get one from where can i get one from so we've uh, you know we're looking to to go down that route and, and expand out there obviously last year we tried to launch the beast box and uh, during that time we had uh, some issues with the business that's that's always still on the cards and um we're really looking to try and do is to get some some good suppliers and some 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 places where we can make our own protein uh we want to we want to try and bring everything in house so everything that we do we want to have our own brand our own label initially when we were looking at doing this uh we had different products in the box so we had our supplements we had somebody else's pre-workout and somebody else's uh protein now, I think it just makes sense we're in such a better position that we can start making that investment on bringing all of that in-house. We've got their own, we can control the quality ourselves. We can control, you know, uh, the, the, the price point a lot better. So um, it's, it's, it's more cost effective for us, which means that we can give that saving to the customer as well. So um, we've, we've got, we've got a... a a few things that we've got on the roadmap for, for this year that we want to get, that we want to achieve. Um, and I think really it's just uh, taking, taking things one step at a time, but uh, it's, it's going to be to, when you get the website redone, but yeah, I think um, things that people might want to know is uh, our pre-workout will be out and available by the end of the month. We're literally just waiting for that to to work. Um, so that's going to be a new addition to the company. Uh, it's a chaotic yeah, beast. It's a chaotic beast. Uh, sour apple. Um, and then we kind of like making sure that we've got everything we need um, in regards to stock. Um, and then kind of then have a second stage of uh, marketing and pushing the product and the brand a little bit more. Like Lee's always said, the apparel, um, getting the hoodies out there, getting the t-shirts out there, getting the CrossFit vests out there. Um, we, I think we made a little bit of our name for ourselves within the CrossFit industry uh, as one of our ambassadors is the ranks number five in Europe for under 18s. Um, that's really, yeah, give her a shout. Yeah, uh, that's Emily Steele. Uh, go follow her Insta, Emily Steele. She goes to M Squared uh, CrossFit Gym. This was run by Emma Seville. Uh, great gym, great atmosphere, great people. Um, along with one of our other ambassadors, who's uh, Emma Gage. Um, and she was uh, one of the qualifiers for the uh, Rio Olympics. Um, she literally missed out on going there by about 0.01 of a second. Um, but, you know, still got to try out for the Rio Olympics. It was still a massive achievement. And she's done stuff for GB as well, won plenty of medals. So, two ambassadors yeah. and they're both pretty big within the crossfit world um so yeah um, go, go check them out they're, they're amazing 
Um, I'd say if you ever get to CrossFit and you're in Manchester, definitely go down there. But I think it's pushing that. We've done um, a lot of like kind of stands at gym competitions, including Dublin CrossFit, uh, Luton CrossFit, M Squared, uh, another one called uh, Elite Performance in Manchester. So, so yeah. So again, kind of we want to kind of get into a market as well, um, and I think that's a, a way forward for us. Um, none of us are CrossFit fans because yeah. I think Lee did one so, of the sessions like, at M Squared and he after that. We, we, yeah, we, we, we kind of do this. Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, like, like, uh, if we, if we sat at a gym, like, I'll, I'll try and do like one of the workouts at each one of the gyms. <laughs> so like uh, the first CrossFit that we did at M Squared, I was not prepared for it at all. And uh, like, yeah, hungover. Yeah, hungover again. Was, and, uh, hungover again. Yeah, I, I brought up after it. Like, I genuinely, <laughs> it, was, it was one of the hardest workouts I've ever had in my life. It was, it was, it was brutal. Nice. And like, but what those guys do, uh, like day in day out, like constantly, it's just it's absolute fitness. It's just something that uh, you know I'm certainly not used to. It is. It is. It's unbelievable, and I. I'm kind of in awe of it. I've, I've watched the CrossFit games and stuff like that, and it's something that I'm quite mad on. So, obviously, talked about Emma Gage. I've actually got her on the podcast on the 14th, anyway. Oh, yeah. So, um, we'll, we'll, yeah, 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 she's coming on. So, I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely be speaking to her a little bit more. Yeah, well, you know, I might be able to return the favour. Um, but that's what I like, yeah. So, like, first of all, the apparel. Thank you for the uh, for the T-shirt. By the way, uh, it is really good stuff. I, it's really nice. My wife, she still wants a vest from you guys. Um, it is really good, and I think you could go yeah, far with that. Got a lot of um, um, kind of feedback from yeah, that. Genuinely. More, I think it was just genuinely kind of to our surprise, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and when they actually came, they actually looked really <laughs> shit. Um, and then yeah, people like uh, people on Instagram like saying, "Where can I get one of these hoodies from? Where can I get one of these vests?" I'm like, you can't, but we might start doing them now because people want them. Definitely, yeah. I think they, I think they look awesome. I think the, you know, the, the design. Yeah, I want to start Beehive Clothing because they designed the hoodies and the best for us. Again, they're um, um, sorry, not Beehive. I'm lying. Be Strong Clothing, um, and they're again based in Manchester, um, and they also train at M Squared as well. Yeah. Wicked, wicked. Yeah, and that's a good thing. I suppose what, what you're saying there about the uh, CrossFit stuff is it's massive now. It really is is growing and it's only going to get bigger and bigger. And I think you've kind of hit that at the right time because a lot of supplements and everything, If you, I mean, suppose, suppose even if you look at like the the bottles, the, you, everything I mean, is kind of, of centred around we weightlifting yeah. people, you know, like strong men. Whereas actually, you know, first of all, we were there to like uh, to give out some free samples and to get some some awareness, but what it also allowed us to do is some market research. Now, like, because like me and Leighton have like done done like weightlifting or and resistance sports mm. for a while. Like, we we research this. Like, we research what we what we know. When we went to the CrossFit community, like one of the things that we like quickly found out is that for a lot of the people that we started speaking to, they weren't really too aware of like supplements. A lot of people didn't even take protein. A lot of people, it was. It's, it's quite strange, really, like, like because the, the, the level that these guys are at, like, nobody wow. really, nobody really supplements or, or understood, like, why uh, certain yeah. supplements would be beneficial. 
was quite a weird thing. So it's uh, the CrossFit community is growing, but I think it's a, it's, it's a great market to educate some of these people that are coming into it as to some of the benefits that supplementation might have for their training. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you'd think that the amount that they do and how hard they work and everything, they need to repair the muscles quicker and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, they need to be able to be able to, I don't know, supplement that. Yeah, it's all about recovery um, for them, isn't it? Yeah, the recovery, exactly. You, you guys know more than me. I'm just sort of making it up as I go along. But, you know, I, I am taking some supplements myself and I obviously take your supplements and, and, and they are great. Um, but as far as as far as what I was just getting at, it was that, like, there's not really many people that kind of associate themselves in the, in the nutrition uh, business as um, you know, promoters of CrossFit or, you know, you guys having the, the ambassadors from CrossFit and everything. I think that is definitely um, a real, a real key point to, to what you guys are doing. It, it's so different to anything else out there. As I say, if you look at any other kind of protein tub or anything like that, you've either got just a, a proper muscle man on there or a woman that's like flexing the muscles. But I think all this, you know, you could have the likes of, is it Matthew Farah or something, Farah yeah. or something like that, the, 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 the big CrossFit guy? You could have the likes of him now. He's yeah. massive in America and everything, and, and it's growing so much, and I'm surprised that, you know, there's not more and more of that, and you guys seem to be in there early with it. So it's a good thing. It's definitely a good thing, and I, I can see it doing really well. I'm going to speak to Emma about it um, so she can give us a lowdown on all the CrossFit stuff and see how she's getting on with your products. Yeah, yeah that'd be good. Let's get some uh, feedback. Definitely. Right, guys, we've been on here for like 70 odd minutes. So I usually wrap it up after about an hour or so, but you know, you've got so much stuff. I know, no, but do you know what? I, I like it. I, I used to do podcasts in the past, I'd do it for two, three hours, but um, trying to keep it down a little bit. I don't want people falling off, but you guys have got so much to say. And I think what I do like to do is that at least if we keep it to an hour, I can get you back and you've got enough to speak about next time as well. So it's a good way of getting you guys back. I'm going to ask you. One more question before we go into the yeah. quiz, though. And, and, you know, feel free, both of you, to kind of chip in at this. But what's the best piece of entrepreneurial advice you could give somebody looking at starting a new business? Um, for me personally, don't quit. Don't quit and fail well. Or fail forward. Fail forward or just fail well. <laughs> what do you mean by fail um, well? By farewell, I mean keep failing. Failure, yeah, yeah. Don't 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 be scared okay. to fail. And that's and that's, that's that is, it. it's not failing. It's where you learn, that's, honestly. Because like, what we always try and step close, it's like okay, I've learned yeah, that's it's a learning way curve. not to do it. So let me try another way. That's not the way to do it. Sooner or later, you're gonna find the right path. Like I would say, anybody, I'd say it to anybody that's looking to start a business. First and foremost, yeah. start it. That's more more than anything. All those all of those people that are thinking, oh yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, that plastic procrastination just throw it out the window. Yeah, just just do it, man. Because you you either have to learn, but or you won't. It's it's literally that simple. Mm. And what you said there, do you know what? One thing I always think about is you know Nike's it's slogan, like, "Just yeah. do it." Gets so so much so overlooked. Because we all just know it, yeah. just do it. But actually, if you look at it and what it means, and you can use that in so many parts of your life, and it's, 
against that procrastination. Just do it. Like, I can't, I don't really want to go out for, I don't feel like I can do this or whatever. Yeah. Just do it. All the time, you can always use that. And it's it's such a great yeah. slogan. And, and you've just said it there. So, but yeah, that'd be my advice, to be honest. Yeah, no, that's really good advice. Don't quit and, and fail well. Just, just keep going. And, and it kind of epitomizes you guys and, and how you've got to where you are now. Lee, anything to like, add? Whatever little step it is, like, whatever thing that you need to do, start small. If that's what you need to do to like actually get going with stuff, look at failure as failure. Like, change your definition of what failure means. Don't see it as don't see it as a as a reason to stop. See it as a reason to to try something else. See it as a as a as a different way. It's opening your mind to like this isn't the right path. Let me try something else. I think they're the important things to learn in the business. No no when. Know when it's not time to quit, when it's just time to like work harder or try a different way. Yeah, there was um, there was a um, a quote from one of the um, there's a fitness person. I was reading a book by uh, Tim Ferriss. It's called um, Habits of Like Billionaires and Top Performing Athletes. And uh, I remember one one of, one of the yeah. chapters, the sports person was talking about her her dad, um, and how he used to ask her and her sister every day when they got back from school what did you fail at today and whatever they failed at he would celebrate and she said as she got older that helped her failing loads of stuff and not care because she knew that failing wasn't the end um so celebrate yeah celebrate that's a failure. good point because the more you celebrate it the less you'll fear it definitely i like that you know, these are, these are where you get that inspiration from. These are where you really sort of, some of the stuff that I read now, and I think, God, how did I not yeah. think of that before? But it's, it's you know, it's just, it's, it is all a learning curve. It is, and failing now, is, I think it is becoming more and more um, a good thing. It's becoming more and more seen as a good thing, at least. And I, and I try and push that onto my kids and stuff, and I'm sure you guys do too. So, yeah, um, great, great advice. Um, I want to take you into the quiz and I'm not going to let you cheat on this. I'm not going to let you team up um, because it won't be fair on the people that have gone before you and yeah, on the road. So I'm going to ask you, who wants to go first? Lee. What did I... Uh, how can I... Ah, look, look we didn't used to get that. How can I give that advice? I'm not really good at quizzes. But no, Lee's just jumped in there. All I'm going to say is I'm going to fail well. Yeah, that's good. Right, I tell you what, though, I'm going to be honest with you. Top score yeah. is going to be hard to beat. Um, Gary was on my last podcast, yeah. he got six, man, and you've got 60 seconds. The only piece of advice I will oh, give cool. you now is that, yeah, well, yeah, just just pass straight away yeah. if you don't know it. Chances are, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna mess up on a couple of questions as I'm reading maps. So I will be fair to you. I'll give yeah, you a little bit of time at the end. Um, so yeah, Lee, are you ready? Okay. Uh, Here we go. Which city is the capital of Sweden? Bebo. Jack Dorsey founded which social network in March 2006? No idea. Which singer sang Stay With Me, Not The Only One and To Die For? GHG. The term no GHG refers to which type of gas? Apple. Apple. Bramley, Granny Smith, and Russet are all oh, yeah. types of which fruit? Uh, which which Williams sister has won more Grand, Grand Slam titles? Uh, 2003. What was the 
what year was the very first model of iPhone released? Earthquake. Which natural disaster is measured with a Richter scale? I actually don't know. Which animal can be seen on the Porsche logo? <laughs> Guess. <laughs> yes. And that's the end, but I'm going to give you one more because I did, I did trip up a little bit on one of them. I, I so agree. final question, how many Hemsworth brothers are I've got, there? I've got... I have no idea who the Hemsworth brothers are, man. I've got no idea. Right done. Hey, you did pretty good. <laughs> right. Hey, it doesn't matter. You still got it right. Right. There were three. And yeah. look, you failed well, but you didn't fail. You got it right. So you, you've got yeah. uh, three for the Hemsworth brothers, which is correct. Uh, Liam, Liam and Chris are the actors. Uh, and then they've got a brother. I don't know what he does. Um, which animal can be seen on the Porsche logo, which you guessed it was a horse? Um, is it? You got Richter scale. I yeah. thought Porsche. What did you think it was? Ain't a horse for all. I don't know. We're going to be pulling. We're going to be pulling up some logos after that. <laughs> uh, maybe both. I don't know. I'm not that great on cars. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Not even do I. <laughs> but that's the answer. Whether it's right or wrong, I don't care. That's what's in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, natural disaster measured in Richter scale is uh, earthquake, which you got right. The first model of the iPhone uh, was released in 2007, not 2004. Um, yes, Serena. Uh, Serena yeah, won more Grand Slam titles than Venus. Bramley, Granny Smith, and Russet, types of apple, correct. GHG, I'm disappointed in you, Lee, is a greenhouse gas. Which singer sang Stay With Me, Not the Only One and To Die For was Sam Smith, uh, Jack Dawes, who founded Twitter, Uh not Bebo. And yes, which capital, which city is the capital of Sweden? I've got in front of me Gothenburg or Stockholm. So, well, apparently it's both. So you got the right one, two, three. Four, five, six. I'm coming back. You joint top and on the leaderboard. Yeah, yeah. I'll take that for the. I'll take that for. Say that for the team. That's the whole. Coming back for the final. No, you're not. You're not taking that for the. Well, I suppose. But there's got to be. There's got to be some rivalry. There's got to be some. You know, bragging. We got to read very fast. Come before I started. Right. Are you ready? Fast, fast, fast. Okay. Which country invented tea? China. In which uh, body part can you find the female? Which X Factor judge and music tycoon has a son called Eric? Uh, Alicia. What is the name of Kim Kardashian's eldest child? West. I don't know. Something stupid. Which of the seven wonders is located in Egypt? Pyramids. Which name is rapper Sean Combs better known uh, as? P. Diddy. Well, I don't know. He changes it every fucking week. That's fine. How many hearts does an octopus Two. have? Which iconic TV fe- series featured the main characters Samantha Curry, Cynthia and Charlotte? God knows. He's standards, I don't know. Who was the lead singer of the iconic 80s band Culture Club? No idea. 
I'm going to give you one more anyway. What was the name of the group Justin Timberlake used to be part oh, of? Um, I have it. You've got um, this. Come on. Oh. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I can't remember. That's not doing the idea. He's going to... You got off to a flyer. I thought, I thought, oh man, Leighton's got this. Went straight in there. <laughs> Which country invented tea? China. And and why I couldn't stop laughing was because I could hear Lee at, at one point where I was like, you got the question right. It's going, yeah, yeah. I can hear him like, yeah, yeah, you got it. <laughs> so I'm trying to read the questions out. I can hear him. <laughs> so in which, in which in which body part can you find the femur leg? Uh, you got that right. Um, I, I'm disappointed you got this one wrong. Which X Factor judge and music type? I, I, I don't know why, because I, I was thinking of BGT, because it's on. That part's Alicia. I was thinking... What difference, what difference does it make? Is it? Is in both? <laughs> Simon Cowell. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. Ah, uh, yeah, no, I'm listening to you. You know what? It's a poor yeah, excuse. It's... <laughs> It's fine. You uh, was close with the Kim Kardashians, eldest child. And yeah, Northwest. I think it's so stupid. Uh, you got the pyramids of Giza. Yeah. Well, it is, that's, that's what they do, isn't it? It's a celebrity for you. Which uh, which of the seven <laughs> wonders are located in Egypt? Pyramids of Giza. And I think this was the one where Lee was like, yeah. <laughs> so I was laughing. Um, but you still got P. Diddy. I've got P. Diddy written down. I have Puff Daddy or whatever yeah. else he's been changed his name to. Um the TV show that featured the main characters, Samantha, Carrie, Enough. Cynthia, and Charlotte was Sex in yeah, the City. Yeah, well, I didn't watch that, so... Um, <laughs> Boy George, who it? was the lead singer of the iconic Is 80s it? band, Culture Hi. Club? Uh, Lee, do you know that? Yeah, yeah. And the last one, yeah, it was Boy George. It? The last one, what was the name of the group yeah, yeah. that Timberlake <laughs> used to be part of, <laughs> Lee? Uh, and sing, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> what, what, hey, what happened? What's, what about that? Yeah, right yeah, now? you missed that out. What, what, what was the answer? Yeah. Which one? Your hearts with an octopus out. Nah, sorry, sorry, I missed that. Uh, ah, oh, I knew it was more than one. Yeah, you should have guessed like that. I knew it was more than one. <laughs> it was, a, it was a decent effort. Uh, you got four. I'll take that. So between the, yeah, I think you could have got. You I could have, could have done six, in it. I could have done. Yeah. Well, we got. I think if you were to pass more, you just, you know, you stopped a little bit. I think when you didn't know it, you just yeah. pass and, and go on. But no, at least you've got one of yours at top of the uh, top of the leaderboard now with, with Gary. So um, I think, you know, when we come back, we're going to do uh, end of series finale episode, going to do it via Zoom. It's going to kind of be centred around the quiz. There's going to be a bit of chat, but uh, a lot of people say how much they like the quiz at the end. So, yeah, we'll probably, we'll probably build some teams. We'll have a... The, the top two, um, maybe just have a one-to-one to, to be the actual winner. You know, I don't like to have draws. I don't like two people. I want a champion. So, Lee, you're in line for that. Um, and, and that's about it, guys. So, I really appreciate you coming on. I uh, just want to wrap up with your, your socials. What what's your what do you use most for social yeah, media? Insta, it Instagram? So it's um, Decent Book Official. And... Uh, is it beastandbulk.com yeah. for the website? Awesome. So I'll put those on the on the bio for this uh, podcast anyway, and uh, they'll go onto my website. Um, also, at the end of this week, 
your products will be going onto the website as well. Um, so I've got a shop page now on the website. Um, so you guys will be selling some of your products through my website. So if people want to come through my website and buy it, otherwise go to your website, find you guys on Amazon. Um, is that it or is there anywhere else people can find uh, you? That's it. If they click on the link, if they click on the link on the Insta page, that'll take them directly to our storefront on Amazon so they can find everything on there as well. Awesome. Right. Well, no, look, guys, it's been awesome. And I really appreciate you coming on, taking the time out. It's been a, it's been a fun one. Um, and if you can come back in a few weeks' time, yeah, not a problem at all. Love to. Love, love. All right. Good luck with the future, Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us.